Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, the place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Amy Cammy. Amy is the Healing Harpist, a certified clinical musician, inspirational keynote speaker, recording artist, author, and educator. Do you sleep? That's always my question when I ask people when they do 8 million things, Amy. Um, sometimes, yeah, I okay. do. As soon as I hit the bed, I sleep really deeply. See, I do too. <laughs> I do a whole bunch and then I go to bed and I'm like, Hunk, I'm out. I, just leave me alone. I'm done for the day. Exactly. You know? <laughs> well, hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are We've you? We've known each other for a pretty long time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right? So this is going to be fun because I get to know more about you now. Thanks for being I'm I'm excited to be here because... Well, and it's interesting because what what I'm fascinated with, and I I so want people to understand is okay. You play the harp. You when did you start? Two, three years old. Just about. <laughs> no, I played piano when I was five and harp when I was ten. Oh, you darn! All right, so, so you, you were playing the harp for about twenty years, and <laughs> right, and <laughs> okay. no, actually, actually, I age means nothing to me. So I'm fifty six. I'm going to be fifty seven. Oh. I'm 57. We're like the same age. Oh, look at us go. I know. I'm the same way. When I say 57, I feel like that's weird because in my head, I'm not. No, I'm not either. And then I think when I turn 60, I'm going to be like, oh, no, that doesn't sound right. So just treat me as I'm different because, you know. You know, funny story. A couple of weeks ago, I had to fill out a form for another interview thing, and they asked how old I was, and I literally had to use a calculator. (laughs) Oh, because I forgot. Forget your I di- do. I do that a lot. I'm terrible yeah. at remembering my age. I have to ask my daughter. She usually mm-hmm. figures it out. I'm like, I'm 50. <laughs> how old am I now? You know, so exactly. it's a thing. But you are you've been playing the harp for a very long time. But what what's interesting is where you have taken this. You know, so it's one thing. Okay, I play the harp, but you have taken it to this whole healing. And let's yeah. talk about like that. Like what? At what point? When did you say? you know what, this is what I want to do with my musical talent. Well, it was definitely unintended because I'm classically trained um, all the way through high school, through college. I went to Indiana University, studied with top music harp teachers, um, Suzanne McDonald and Linda Wood. They're just amazing. And when I graduated in 87, a friend was going through hospice care. And I just had this inspiration, this little nudge inside to sit down, make a cassette tape. That's how long ago it was, a cassette tape. Ah, yeah, <laughs> right. And just record some music. So I did. I just recorded one side was light classical, one side was gigging familiar music. And we had another friend who used that tape with Pat. Pat Clark was her name. And our friend saw Pat's body literally just relax when the music was playing. And that was the very first time I had ever considered music and healing, because it just wasn't anything we talked about. It, right. There was no connection there. But this spark lit up inside of me. You know, that soul knowing is like, right. pay attention. Yeah. And I just kept listening for the next step, the next step, the next step. And that's how I ended up here. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I let's Let's talk about that, because I think that's really important for people to hear. The next step is is what you need to be ready for and be aware of because some people I think they stress themselves out by looking at this, you know, yes, you have goals and you got these big pictures, but you're not the goal is step by step. 
So when you start freaking yourself out and stressing out about, oh my God, but I'm not, I'm not at the place I thought I was going to be right now. It's like, okay, so I know, but maybe the universe, like don't judge your own path, much less anyone else's. But your your goal every day is what's my next step? Exactly. I think that's really an important point. And, and what was happening was that next step really at that time didn't look like anything that was happening anywhere else. So I had to trust that um, what I was seeing in my head, what I was intuitively knowing and, and trying to visualize how do we show this in real, <laughs> I mean, real life. Right. Um, I, I was so grateful that people who showed up in my space didn't think I was crazy. And I just have to say such, I have such deep gratitude for Chris and Bill Collins be- because they were the ones that, I'm going to cry. That, well, yeah, because Chris is no longer with us. Right, exactly. And and um, she and Bill, they opened their minds, their hearts, and 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 walked this with me and said, yes, let's explore this. Let's look at brainwave frequencies. Let's develop a holistic clinical trial. Let's do this next step. And I didn't have any experience in any of that. And so literally it was the next step, the next step. And the people would show up in the space. Um, and so I'm so grateful. And that, Very cool. And that journey lasted, well, honestly, until last month. Because this is kind of new information. Um, over those last 20 years, you know, we developed a medically approved holistic clinical trial. We formed a scientific, the Scientific Arts Foundation, which is a 501c3. Um, that research, the pilot studies have been published, but the clinical trial was never implemented due to lack of funding. And then I was diagnosed with breast cancer twice. The foundation went into hibernation, came out developed another clinical trial with Siteman Cancer Center. Oh my god. That was that was medically approved through Washington University School of Medicine and of October 15th last month we closed that research down due to lack of funding. Oh no. But it, but, but but the end of the story. It's it's now the beginning of a the new story. A new, of a new story. Yes, because over these 20 years I've learned so much and it has shaped my perspective and perception of how all music can be healing, how all expressions create these highways of connection. Um, it's given me a language to articulate how I feel and experience music. Um, and who's to say? The research that we were developing, it was part of the collective. Right. You know, maybe it seeded other ideas somewhere else around the world. But that you did the research, and I think that's really interesting because it's one thing to say, I I have this music, it's very healing, but then to have the scientific research behind it, and that is really taking it up to that next level. It is, and honestly, the motivation for me to do that, um, and I'll be totally honest because I'm, I'm like this treasure hunter that wants to discover so much about myself. <laughs> and over the years, I, I acknowledge that when I started, it was soul-driven. It was do this, and I didn't know why. And then at some point it became, wow, I, I, maybe I need to prove this to myself. 
maybe I need to really have the the proof that this is actually moving through me. And then at the same time, we're getting all these testimonials from people around the world sharing how this music, and now it's like, okay, I don't need the proof. I don't need the science. I'm I'm in this totally different place within myself. Like last month, I shattered on the inside. That that identity, and this is really the first time that I'm sharing this. Right. That, that sense of... Um, researcher totally shattered in the way that I was holding on to it. Ah, right. Well, that the ego saying, "Well, this is who I am," though. It's part of my. It was part of my journey, and right. it still is. I mean, right. But the beauty is, I'm so open right now. If researchers want to approach me and collaborate, and they do the work. <laughs> I have lots of ideas. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, and you and it's it's part of that. I mean, this is going to be my guess because I tend to be this way. It's like I take something so far and I'm like, okay, I, I'm done with this. I got to be done with this. I, my heart isn't in this anymore. I want to move on to another thing, which is probably why I do so much, right? Because I want to try different things. I want to explore different things. Um I was filling something out the other day, and one of the questions was, you know, what are your hobbies? And I was thinking, God, I really sound like I'm kind of boring, but my hobby is business. I mean, <laughs> it's like different types of businesses. What else can I do right now? You know, what yeah. else can I explore within what I do with 100th Monkey, with what I do at TEDx St. Louis? Like, what else can be explored within here? Mm. And that is what gets me all excited. Yeah, my question is, what's yet to be discovered? And that refers to me. Like, what can I discover inside of me? Um, and that- isn't it crazy interesting what's inside of us? Yeah. It it takes great awareness. It takes courage because mm-hmm. you have to look at all the yucky stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's part of it. Um, but and for some reason, I'm feeling this need to share this with you. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I was... You know, um, me too. On my own journey, like you know, healing Mish. What's going on, with Mish? What do we What do we need to work on? They, they, that's one of my mm-hmm. big questions all the time. Like, what do I need to work on tonight, guys? Whoever my guys are, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the other night, it came up to me that, and and I just looked it up because I was like, hmm. When I was two months old, I had what's called pyloric stenosis, which is a stomach blockage, and and I needed to get a um, an operation. And I can't imagine my parents, like two months old, your baby needs an operation. But I always felt like there was something about that. Like something about this is something doesn't feel right. And I could never figure out, you know, I mean, what do I, I was two months old. I wasn't Mm -hmm. very aware, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have any memories of it. Well, then I read recently that before, if you're 32 years or older and you had an operation before like 15 months, they probably did not use anesthesia on you. They thought babies couldn't feel. Oh my gosh. Now how traumatic traumatic trauma, is trauma. that? Yes, yes. So that's what I'm working on. I'm yep. like, wow, is there some trauma? Yes. Like, like of, well, of course, yeah. that I still haven't released that I need to work on. But I was really, t- I, what? Yeah, I, I told, that's for me, that is expressed through the language of resonance. Like everything has a vibrational frequency, and actually, here I'm going to give. All you right, a, let's get I, the heart. I brought a I brought a um, a little <laughs> visual aid, and I love using the harp as a as a visual of like all of these 
energies, all these experiences inside of us. Like the harp, all of the strings create the wholeness of who or what this instrument is. But all of these different experiences, fears, dreams, desires, joys create the wholeness of who we are. And so many times we don't want to go into these low notes. And that's where I feel like all the trauma, the vibrational repression, the memories, but it's part of who we are. And the beauty is like when I have a big harp and I play the low notes, you know, that creates the, the richness of who we are. And for example, like I was adopted and I know that I was conceived when my mom was grieving. Her, oh. The loss of her grandfather, because oh. I actually met my birth mother when I was 35. And so I know the circumstances. And it's so fascinating because I can drop into melancholy and that deep, deep, deep sadness so easily. And I've done so much work and sharing music in the hospice cancer and grief communities. Right. I mean, I was just unconsciously drawn to that. So I really, and that's called epigenetics. It's when we inherit I, the... You know, those vibrational imprints and patterns from Epigenetics our is crazy. It's amazing. awesome. Yes. And, and so for me, um, I've kind of simplified my offerings and sharings into these categories of self-care, self-discovery, and self-expression. And this becoming aware of these patterns that subconsciously motivate our choices. Right. I've, you know, I package that under conscious self care and I have all sorts of resources and CEU approved uh, programs for nurses and social workers and mental health therapists and massage therapists um, because it's really important, I feel, for those who care for others to be aware of why, you know, what's that motivating energy? Because I know as I look at my patterns over my lifetime from this perspective, I see how I was a constant caregiver. I was a person who was always happy. Let me take care of you because I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to feel that um, people would like me so they wouldn't leave me, so I wouldn't be yeah. alone, so I wouldn't die. Right, and that's that so, whole adoption thing, right? It's the right? whole abandonment adoption stuff. every person who's been adopted has to go through the process of that releasing that thought of I'm going to be abandoned. Well, they do or they don't. You know, um, some people don't even... I have a, a friend who, like, she gets really frustrated with her, with his her husband because, like, here's the rug and let's get under the rug. And he doesn't even want to acknowledge that there is a rug, you know? Ah, uh, yes. Well, I've met, <laughs> so, I've met these people, So everyone yes. is where they are. Right. Um, but for me, because I truly believe that every expression brings that which is within us out into the world, I am on a quest to discover as many aspects of myself, as many of these strings within me, because I want my highway of expression. I want my music, that music that flows through me, to be as clear as possible without any of my fears or personal intentions or any of that. I just want clear highways. I love it. it and it's, I'm with you. I find it fascinating to live here in this body and still not know everything of what's going on with what I'm closest to. We'll myself. never know it. We'll yeah. never know everything. Yeah. Well, we are we, so full. If we did, if we did, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, right. I sound like obviously I'm not ascended because I'm still here. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> In my paradigm, we will never consciously know. 
the fullness of who we are because oh, we are no. a culmination of our entire lineage. Well, right. So. All this stuff. I mean, they've the the they've done studies and shown that your cells carry memories. Absolutely. You know, and so sometimes when people are like, I don't know why I act like this, like I I I didn't have things happen to me in my childhood that we, and I'm like, yeah, but what about great 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 grandpa? Exactly. You could have uh, inherited that memory. Exactly. And now you gotta deal with it. Right. You know. So it, in a sense, as we're healing ourselves, we're also healing so many other people around us. Absolutely. I have a saying that I love: is com- compassion grows from within as we lovingly embrace all aspects of ourselves. And th- that was just. That's my motto. That's something that just came through. And it reminds me every day that the more I embrace these hidden aspects of myself, that for me is compassion. And then I can see others through those eyes. And that builds empathy. Right. Um, so, because I feel like our word compassion as a collective definition, if you look at it in the dictionary, it's about that desire to alleviate somebody else's pain. But I feel on a deeper level, if you turn the mirror, it's really our desire to alleviate our own within ourselves. And once we can explore those aspects right. within our, within ourselves, then there's that connection and there's that empathy. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I see in my daughter a lot, you know, out, out as she is moving, you know, she's 19 and as she's moving through the world, it's amazing how she helps me heal because I will see something and I'll be like, I was I dealt with this when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like I'm going through my history again mm-hmm. with her. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it's just fascinating how that mirror mm-hmm. is is there. Turn the mirror. Turn In, the mirror. Yeah, turn the mirror. So many ways. You know? <laughs> and I ask myself, like, when someone's driving me crazy. Yep. Turn the mirror. I know. I think. Okay. Why? What is this for me? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you've come into my life, and I'm. I'm not having good thoughts about you. <laughs> yeah, right. We have a saying, if it triggers you, it's in you. And again, that's about um, energetic vibrational resonance. You oh, know, a lot of wow. times I use two tuning forks and I strike one and I put the other one right next to it and they start to sing together. Well, it's because they're the same frequency. And when one is singing, it's moving, that vibration is moving through the air and activating the other tuning fork. So we wouldn't be able to feel that if it wasn't in us. And so it really, um, that's part of the conscious self-care paradigm awareness. You know, it expands perceptions, increases personal responsibility, and inspires compassionate change. And that increasing personal responsibility part is to own it. Like if we're feeling it, it takes such courage and such personal responsibility to ask ourselves, what's being triggered inside of me? Right. Because a lot of times we want to blame the other person. Oh, you make me feel that way. You do this, you do that. Uh Uh-uh, that is not what's happening. (laughs) Sorry, it's not the other person. It's really easy to blame (laughs) the other person. I know. And I have to step back sometimes and go, okay, let me figure this out. You know, like how, what am I doing? And I've actually, actually even said to, to my daughter before, like, am I doing to you, like, does this, you know, is this something that is annoying that I do? You know, and she'll, well, kind of, I'm like, just mm-hmm. tell me, because I, I don't want to yep. become annoying to mm-hmm. you. You yep. know what I mean? Our children are the best teachers. <laughs> and and actually, when we're, as a parent, when you're aware of your patterns that you're trying to transform, because for me, energetically, um, you can't really literally let something go. I mean, 
you can't energy. You just can't let it go. You, right. It just transforms it. Right. Um, and so I know I have control issues. I know that, and it's based on my need to feel safe right. and control the environment. There's so many layers and levels, um, and our kids know that. Our boy, oh, well, right. they're, they're young men right now, but when they were growing up, because. You know, once you become aware of an issue or something, it's not like it immediately transforms. Right. It spirals and it's layers yeah. and it's layers and it's layers. But they would test me. Oh my gosh, they would they would intentionally do stuff that they knew would trigger my control issues. And they did it for fun. I mean, because Boy, we, talk about having talk about it being a part of your healing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Free of charge. And we're just going to really annoy the crap out they of you. Were, and, and we would tell our kids, because like, this is how we were brought up. I mean, our our whole, um, all the conversations in our, our household are very metaphysical, philosophical. Um, they're, they're very deep. Um, and we would tell the kids, you know, we're doing so much inner work so you don't have to. <laughs> right? We're awesome parents. We just are. Just in case you were wondering, there are going to be people that are going to be like, wow, you got it going on. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Well, I have some, whoa, okay, let me try and put on my glasses and I'm, 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 okay, for those of you that are not seeing us, I was just having a difficulty with my hoodie here. <laughs> All right. Okay. I have some questions. Ready? Okay, and and I have no idea what they are, so... No, you do not. Okay, great. you know, I want to know an interesting fact about harps that we don't know. I mean, I don't know a lot about harps, but there's got to be something that you find interesting that people go, really? Yeah, cool. So harps are kind of like cars. Like, there's all sorts of different sizes and models and shapes. Um, uh, Most people see the big concert harp in an orchestra or... um, and cartoons or whatever, um, but you know, baby harps, therapy harps, um, lever harps. I don't know. I'll, I'll try to do this on the. We have a video going, but there's little levers on this harp that make it sharp. It stretches the string. Gotcha. Um, on the big harps, there's over two thousand moving parts. On the pedal harp, um, there's seven pedals. There's a pedal for every note in the scale. And each pedal has three different notches, and depending that on takes what some notch, it does take coordination. Um, and each notch indicates the tension on the string, and the tension on the string is is changed through um, a mechanism that is connected to those pedals that moves through the column and the neck of the harp. And so, it, when there's no tension on the string, and the pedal is in the up position, that's a flat. When you move the pedal to the middle position, a little disc tightens the string and makes it natural. And when it's all the way down at the bottom notch, both discs that are at the top of the string tighten and stretch it and make it sharp. Very cool. And the other cool thing is they're they're color-coded. So the reds are C's and the blacks are F's. Ah, so it's like a piano. That would be the reason for the different colored strings. Right. Okay. See, so we'll de- demystify it, and it, it's like a, like a, it's like a piano. Coolio. Yeah. Very cool. All right. I was looking through your website, and I noticed it's a chemo brain, and I got to. I don't know. I think I should know what that means, but I don't. 
So chemo brain is a term that was um, that's used to describe that mental fog when you're going through chemotherapy. Okay. It's um, like, or you can't remember words. You get kind of cloudy. Um, it affects you. Th- yeah, yeah, it really? affects how you're thinking. I mean, it almost sounds like Alzheimer's or something. Maybe not as intense, but maybe for some. Um, so yeah, it's that cognitive deficits. It's where your cognitive focus and awareness changes. Um, so you're not quite as quick. You're not quite as focused. You're not. You can't remember as easily. You can't put Got, things together. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a fog. And I'm guessing any of your loved ones that may be going through chemotherapy, I mean, this is part of the conversation the doctor has, like, hey, expect this. Now, now, way back 20 years ago when we were starting our research, I mean, this was exactly what we were finding. The Magic Mirror CD was helping to alleviate in 10 days. I mean, that's why I was so excited about, that's why, like, I I shattered... (laughs) Last month, because 20 years ago when we were doing this research with this music, you know, I had this vision in my head. Again, that big vision. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. like I want I want patients all over the world to have access to this music so that they can minimize this cognitive deficit effect. And the beauty of the timing of our research when we were showing how... Um, Basically, what we did is we did quanti- Bill Collins did twenty um, quantitative EEG on five uh, women going through chemotherapy for cancer. Then we gave them the CD, and they listened to it once a day for ten days, and they came back and had quantitative EEG done again. And every neurological imbalance tended to normalize oh, in ten darn. days, and they reported self-reported that they felt more uh, focused. Um, so. The the goal of that research was always intended to provide um, confidence for those in the medical community right. to refer that music to their patients. So then did you explore anything outside of, you know, the healing for cancer specifically? Mm-hmm. Were there other... Well, we did a saliva sample pilot study where we took um, saliva samples from a, a wide range of people. Um, and we did this study twice um, with a total of 18 people, participants. And we showed that it had a sustained impact on immune system biomarkers for up to ah, 72 hours interesting. after listening to it once. And the reason we did the saliva sample studies was, again, you know, we were kind of ahead of the curve. And uh, Dr. David Kosser, who at the time, do you know Bridget? Bridget Bridget yeah, Kosser, it was her right. husband. Okay, all right. Um, at the time, um, he had, we, we were literally at dinner and we were having a conversation. And I'm like, you know, cancer patients experience chemo brain, uh, metallic taste, and nausea. And his passion was exploring zinc or, or gustin, carbonic anhydrase 6. And it's a transport of zinc. Okay. Which at the time was being shown to have impact in these three areas of the body. and But it had never been used as a biomarker, an immune system biomarker. So gotcha. we had to do a proof of principle study to show that it would be of value in the clinical trial that we were developing at the time. And Dr. Abdul Wahid with St. Louis University um, 
was the expert. And so he worked with us as well. And we did this uh, pilot study. And it showed we had um, IgG, IgA, the carbonic anhydrase 6, and amylase. And the immune system was like responding immediately after listening to this music. I know. So all of this pilot study was. It was very cool. It was ahead of its time. We were we were doing the psychoneuroimmunology, right? You know, way back in, you know, two thousand six, and yet uh, it, it, it never went anywhere. Um, we did, we developed the clinical trial, had it approved, but then I was diagnosed with breast cancer, so everything just kind of came right. to a halt. Um, but it gave me an opportunity to receive my gift. Of the music, I was going to say, and then you used this to heal yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. So right now, just so everyone knows, literally last weekend, I announced a new website just for the music. I mean, my music's been available all over the wherever you listen to music, you can find my music streaming or iTunes, Amazon. Um, But I developed a new website. It's called HealingHarpMusic.com. And it's just for the music and my sheet music. And I have put the magic mirror on the welcome page so people can listen to it anytime they need it. That's so awesome. You know, I don't get paid for the streaming on that site. If you stream it from another site, you know, I get a few pennies. Right. (laughs) Um, If you want to download it from that site, it's commission-free, so it benefits me as an artist. But I needed an easy way for people to find the music. And so now I'm just... Letting people know. Just remember, healingharpmusic.com. Share it. Go to it. Everything's there. And that there. will lead them to other, you know. Where, all my music all, is there. Got it. I yeah. love it. Awesome. But, but the Magic Mirror specifically is on that page. So that way people can listen to it on their phone, right. on their computer, wherever they need it. And my vision can still manifest, right. but it's in a different way. I love it. Thank you for that. I have one more question. Sure. So I ask everybody this one. And... You know, kindness is huge with me. That's like my thing, right? Kindness. Please, everybody be kind. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel as kind as we are, there's always a way to take it up the next level. So I learn from these stories. But have you either received or given or witnessed any kind of kindness? Like what comes top of mind for you right now? Well, just um, a couple weeks ago, I was at Aldi's. I think I posted this too on Facebook. And I was in line and the woman behind me was looking at the bunches of roses. I was like, oh, aren't those beautiful? And she's like, yeah, they are. And so I checked out or whatever and I was went to bag all my stuff. And she comes up and she just hands me a bunch of roses Aww. for nothing. And I'm like, well, thank you. you know? And of course, my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, I, I must, because I, I hadn't showered. I didn't have makeup on. <laughs> Oh, no. She's like, this one really could use some flowers right now. So at first I thought, wow, she's feeling sorry for me. Um, But then, you know, that poofed away pretty quickly, and I just received it. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Is it just me? Are are all these shoppers, like, very nice people? Like, (laughs) here's a cart. I am not kidding you. Keep your quarter. to me. I mean, I was at Aldi the other day, and it's like we're all like this, our own little like Aldi cult. We're all there. We're buying our Aldi stuff. We all looked at what came out Wednesday to see what cool things were in the aisle of shame, you know, and everybody is just kind of... I have never once been to an Aldi and felt like I can't just talk to the people around me. Right. We all chit-chat with each other. I mean, right. 
I know that is a very Midwest thing, but it all the it just feels enhanced. And you know what? I think also part of it is there's a personal responsibility that happens at Aldi. I mean, you have to take your cart yep. and put it away. You, yes, right. I mean, no leaving that out in the parking right. lot. So, right. So you're you're being responsible, and uh, that just layers the the connections. And yeah, I agree. Oh, that is awesome. I love it. All right. Well. Amy, this has been fantastic. I'm so happy we got to finally do this. Would you please lead us out of the podcast with some of your beautiful music? Maybe a couple of minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's take a deep breath. Everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed that little bit of of healing harp. Uh, you now know where to go to to learn more and and really experience this music. So we wish you love and light and happiness and healthiness. And thank you, Amy, for being here. You're so welcome. Goodbye, all. See you next time. <laughs>